0: What's going on, everybody? My name is Josh. Welcome to the Barcelona blog on podcast. Hope everyone had a good week. Today, we are going to talk with Robbie Dunn from Into the Cauldron, SB Nation's wonderful Atletico Madrid blog. Uh, we're going to talk about this weekend's fixture between Barcelona and Atletico Madrid, two teams heading in opposite directions, it would seem. We're going to talk about Antoine Griezmann and Luis Suarez, of course. Also discussing Barcelona's 3-0 defeat to Benfica midweek and Atletico's 2-1 win over Milan and the San Siro. I'm going to have some fun with the red card chicanery that happened in that match and the last second penalty. Just, I mean, just I I have to say this. I I don't know if I'll remember to say this to him, but like the atmosphere in the San Siro for that match was just like it's just everything you live for in European football. Um Atletico Madrid visiting Milan in their first home Champions League match and I can't remember how long. I think I said been like, you know, eighteen months or whatever. Uh, probably longer than that, actually. And it was just, it was awesome. Uh, the, yeah, I don't really want to talk about anything else right now because we're going to talk about all this with Robbie and more. Everyone be sure to subscribe to the podcast if you're not subscribed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, all the places you get your podcasts and full transparency in the interview with Robbie. There were a couple moments where there were internet problems. That's what happens when you, uh, use the internet from the United States to, uh, Overseas uh, sometimes things get a little mixy in the internet, so you'll have to excuse a bit of lag here and there But the interview was great and here we go. Alrighty everyone. Welcome back to the barcelona. It's podcast We're joined by our old pal Robbie Robbie. How are we doing today?
1: I'm good Josh. I'm good. Thanks for having me on
0: Yeah, we had to have you on because uh, Barcelona Atletico Madrid are unfortunately playing this weekend and uh, It's two teams heading in opposite directions as we saw this week in the Champions League. Just first off uh I'm just going to get the Barcelona stuff out of the way. Lost three 0 to Benfica, not all that surprising. I do want to talk about the uh, the Milan match. So you guys go into the San Siro before the match. Kind of what were your expectations? Were, were you happy? Like if they got away with a draw? Like kind of what were you thinking based off their current form?
1: Well, you just said there that there are two teams going in different directions, and I don't I don't really know if that's the case at all because I think Atletico. Madrid this season have been completely um I wouldn't say they're going through a period of kind of transition themselves into a more attacking team a more aggressive progressive team uh, but they have been kind of they they've lacked clarity in attack and and uh, the, the the signings that they brought in and and, and some of the older the older play, the old, the players that had been there, the, they're still young guys like Joe Felix and that. I, I'm not entirely sure where they fit, and that's kind of similar to Barcelona right now. You like you've got some really good players and that, but what's the idea? Like, what's? Um, Listen, what's you're being really kind.
0: I would more so compare Atletico Madrid's problem to like PSG's problem, <laughs> where they have so <laughs> many good attacking players, and it it, it really is like a. I mean, when, when you say you have Luis Suarez, Griezmann, and Jao Felix all in your attack, right? Not to mention the rest of the squad. It, I mean, it, I say opposite directions because I think Atletico Madrid's ceiling this year mm. is, I mean, if they, if Simeone's able to figure it out and if anyone can do it, it's him. Uh, their ceiling is probably the highest in La Liga, if you ask me.
1: Yeah, like I mean, you might be talking about the Luis Suarez from maybe three or four years ago or or, or before because I just worry that he's going to fall off a cliff. And from what I've seen this season, and I watched every minute of every game, and and I just wonder, like, at the end of the day, those uh, one-touch chances, like those uh, balls into the box where he can just hit it first time, like he's still a killer in that sense. The problem is, Atletico are trying to be a more, like, associative, I think is the term in Spanish, like, kind of more um, like, automatisms and combinations and things like that. And I don't know where he fits into that. So uh, I, un- I understand that, like, uh, you, the, the talent is there and Griezmann, the names are there. I just don't know where they fit. Um, so, and so, and and when you say, like, if anyone can do it, it's Simeone. I, I, like, absolutely legendary atletico madrid coach that's not changing his job isn't in danger or anything like that his status as the best coach in atletico madrid history isn't in danger but like i spoke with this on a podcast i do with one of the guys jeremy and and a couple of years ago diego simeone said he was asked about atletico and how he sees them and he sees atletico madrid as an aggressive Counter-attacking physical team, and that's how he sees them. The problem now is, is that he has to turn into a into a more possession-based team, and 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 some of those kind of characteristics that he sees, he's being forced to. And I use the word forced there because I, I feel like it. Is, he is forced because he uh, because of his own success, he has made Atletico so good that they have to change how they play. And it feels like, to me, it's not organic. It's it's going against his nature about how he sees the game. He just, he hates risks, hates taking risks, uh, has always said that he'd rather win a game 1-0 than win a game 5-4, because if he sees a scoreline of 5-4, that means there's four mistakes. and That's just, no, he doesn't want that. Um, so, 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 so the problem is, and what we see, or what we saw against Milan on, uh, on Tuesday night was, and Atletico t- and Atletico Madrid side coming into uh, going into the second half. Now, granted, they had a man advantage, uh, an advantage, so they were always going to play a little bit more progressively and, and and have a bit more time and space. But they were fighting for their Champions League lives. Like they had drawn with Porto, were, were were on the brink of losing to AC Milan, with with two Liverpool games coming up, another game against AC Milan, and Joe Felix came on. And and they had to take risks. There was no other option. And I worry that in games where that are nil all, Atletico don't know how to how to show their personality and how to break down defenses and how to take those risks and things like that. So um I mean, uh, yeah, like obviously as you said, the, the the talent is there where they fit and whether Simeone kind of uh lets their personality show is, is another thing and, and and he's going to have to change uh not not change his nature but he's going to have to let these players play uh if if they are to reach the ceiling that you spoke about earlier. So what has
0: changed I guess like obviously Antoine Griezmann is back, but between last year's Athletico team that figured everything out and was able to sort it, I guess why wouldn't they just be able to I guess Barcelona asked the same question with Antoine Griezmann. Why would they not just be able to figure it out again this year, but just have an extra attacking option off the bench?
1: Well, I, I still think they can win La Liga, but but the goal for... Would you for, say they're
0: favourites in La Liga? Because I would. I would say they're clear favourites.
1: I, I Okay, I, I would say they're favourites. I don't know about clear favourites, because Real Madrid have looked quite good, but but... If if they were to get the maximum out of that team, they are clear favourites. Barcelona cannot compete with them. Real Madrid um, shouldn't be able to compete with them. But the problem is, so for, so last season we they won the league, and 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 when I when we assume that it was some amazing everything clicked, that wasn't the case. Barcelona should have won La Liga last year. They lost to Granada. And 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 they they let them they they let them off the hook a couple of times. and um, the first half of the season was amazing when Simeone went to three at the back, and we saw that kind of uh, evolution. But since then it was kind of back to Simeone playing, not really knowing what he wanted to do. So, like, and then it's just a matter of uh, um Simeone so. Individual performances for a start. I mean, uh, Hermoso was amazing for a long time last season. Got them over the line. Um, Savage and Felipe were quite good. Jimenez when he came in, Trippier was really good. Carrasco was amazing. the, the their levels have kind of dropped uh, this season. Um, and and secondly, Simeone. Knows that they bought Rodrigo De Paul, they bought Griezmann. Joe Felix has to do something this year. Like before, it was kind of ah oh, yeah, given time. This is it, this is the season, or else they're gonna to have to move him on because it's just not gonna work, I think. Uh Suarez isn't getting any younger, and Simeone feels this is our chance. This is our chance to to, to win back-to-back La Ligas and make a really good run at, at, at um in Europe and the Champions League. And I think he's he so he he so the problem is he's been taking. He, he, where he used to play a defensive midfielder, uh, Gabby in in the past, Thomas Partey, perfect for what he needed to do. He 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 wanted to remove that player and play Coke there, which was a an attacking midfielder slash a, a body there. I won't call him a defensive midfielder, but a body there to kind of that knows a, 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 a kind of like a general on the field for Simeone. But that hasn't been working. So he's had to go back to Kondogbia, which takes which takes who's been excellent. But but it that takes a place out of the attack for them. Uh, a position, a, a player has to be dropped. And then you're left kind of fitting eight really good players into four or five spots. And all of a sudden, he doesn't know what his best team is, won't give them enough time to kind of settle in. None of them have performed well enough to say, yeah, you're in the starting 11, that's it. And when you take v- Felix out and put Griezmann in, you have to kind of shift things. It's not like a like-for-like like replacement. Suarez has to play or else he gets annoyed and he loses his fitness, so he has to play. So you're kind of, when he's not playing well, you're like, oh, what, what do we do here? Uh, do, we, do we panic? And like, how, how is Suarez going to react if we drop him? So yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's very muddled at the moment, like the, <laughs> as I've tried to explain there.
0: Yeah. So in the Milan match, at least just from my eyes, the, and you mentioned this a little bit earlier, earlier, the, uh, the Atletico attack to me looked dead until Jao Felix came on. Um, is that per usual for how things have gone this year? Cause this is the first time I've actually kind of watched Atletico. Is that kind of how things have gone so far this year offensively? Like he's kind of the main attacking force creativity wise.
1: No, not at all. And this really? is a problem with Joe Felix. And this is one of the of the this is one of the um of the criticisms aimed towards him. And I think it's more of a coach's issue than, than, than with Felix himself, in that he came on against Milan and it was it was a win or win. Like they had to okay, a draw might have done them, but like they had to get a goal. They had to get a goal, and that was it. There was no it wasn't like they were playing uh, Celtic or they didn't play Celtic Vigo, But they weren't playing Villarreal in the third week of the season, where it was like ah, draw is fine, whatever. Like or or um, uh, the a loss even is okay. Like not not that it's okay, ever okay, but it, it, there was no real pressure. Joe Felix came on against AC Milan and was calling for every ball. He was like putting his hand up. He walked onto the field with, like, a, a swagger, like, and he did that in the Champions League maybe two or three years ago. I think it was against Leipzig. And he came on, and he just was in this mood. You could see by his demeanor, this guy means business. He wanted to take players on. Every time he got the ball, he was turning, facing the goal, and being like, let's go. I'm I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm dribbling here. And uh, we haven't seen that from him. And I feel like that personality, so that might liberate him once he kind of gets back to full fitness. But that's the Joe Felix we need to see. And that's the Joe Felix that will def- could define atletico season because with Suarez aging Griezmann, as we saw at Barcelona, he's he's not like a C level either, but he has the potential to be that main guy, the, the 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 star with which everything else revolves around. So if he plays and 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 Performs that will facilitate Griezmann to be do what he does best, and it will create chances for Suarez. It will loosen up defenses that are closing in on him. It'll free up uh, Thomas Lamar to be his best. And you know, I think uh, uh, he Joe Felix hasn't done that enough for various reasons this in the last two three years. And if he does, Atletico can meet that reach the ceiling, and and um, uh, he. he yeah, Atletico can can I won't say win the Champions League, but they can make a really good run at it. And and then their favorites are for clear favorites for La Liga.
0: So let's talk a little bit about uh I'll say this former Barcelona player Antoine Griezmann. Uh the relationship between him and the Atletico Madrid fans, is that sort of a starting over? He has to win them back sort of process.
1: Um like, I don't know. I mean, I I I felt a little bit. Um, what, his first game back at the Wanda after he left, um, for Barcelona, the fans booed him and everything. And uh, to be honest with you, I got the feeling. Now maybe this isn't true for every Atletico Madrid fan, or or even the majority. But I, I got the feeling that they were booing him because he was, he left them rather than any kind of. Like, 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 hate, like, proper hate for a guy, like, say, the, the kind of hate that Atletico Madrid fans have for, say, someone like, um, a Courtois or a Cunaguero or a David de Gea, who kind of left under kind of murkier circumstances and kind of didn't maybe tell, or Atletico fans might think that they didn't tell the full truth. Courtois coming out saying Roji Blanco, everything to and then going to Real Madrid and kind of talking up Real Madrid, whereas Griezmann from what I've seen of him and from what what, what we've seen of him is he's a fairly jovial kind of a guy, maybe a little bit naive at times, but just regular guy, a completely regular guy who sometimes doesn't really maybe understand or appreciate his status. And he just doesn't get it because he's just normal. Uh, So he went to Barcelona and I think he was hurt. And I think uh, like, like, he knew he had to kind of go somewhere to 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 grow and to win a Champions League. I think Atletico Madrid fans too, to, at some level, I think they did understand that, and and they understood that like it was time for him to move on. Now they booed him because that's what you do. But I felt like I never really felt like the 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 hate was there. And now that he's back, and he is um, he is very. It feels like or or it looks like he's quite remorseful about that. And it didn't work out for him at Barcelona and he never fit in. And I just think that the Atletico Madrid fans at this point just feel a little bit sorry for him maybe in that he had it all at Atletico, threw it away to move to Barcelona, wasn't ever really wanted there. And now he's back and they're kind of looking at him going, "Okay, just do us this solid for the next three years and be score some goals and be decent and all will be forgiven. That's what I feel. Now, maybe that isn't the case, but that's what I feel anyway.
0: Yeah, it is kind of funny you mentioned they feel a little bit bad for him because it is kind of, it's hard to feel bad for someone in his circumstances, but if you were to feel bad for him, it's like he did. He kind of threw it all away to go to Barcelona and just, uh, and I've I've talked a lot about, Griezmann has been a a staple of uh, our podcast over here talking about why it didn't work, And I personally, I feel the majority of that responsibility was on Barcelona's side. They got a a star player who didn't ever really fit into their plans and never adjusted to make it work and just kind of forced him into the Barcelona style and it didn't work. That's not his style of play. Um, So I think he could succeed and thrive back at Atletico Madrid, obviously. Uh, Let's talk about what lessons did you learn from the Alavis loss over the weekend?
1: Oh, the elevators loss. Well, to be honest with you, I, I had the, the podcast I do with Jeremy. I, I went on and just was like, this was like Groundhog's Day in that um, it, it kind of furthered my concerns about Luis Suarez and it. Uh, it, um, it yeah, it proved that Atletico kind of were running on luck for for a lot of this season. It's only it's only been a few it's only been a couple of months since the season started, like seven games and or, or whatever. But like Atletico have been mightily lucky in, in in and I think that they were kind of scraping by as we saw against Espanol and then uh, against against Espanol, and then there was another game that came back and won. Oh, Getafe, they came back and won. It was like, oh, this is... Atletico never say die. And it was like, you shouldn't be in that situation. Alaves are pretty awful this season. Getafe haven't won a game and have only scored two goals and conceded 11. Like, this kind and of... You, and, you, and, and now I know that Atletico, I haven't talked about being favourites, but and, and, and you're supposed to be the favourite for La Liga. Like, it has to be better than this. So it just kind of furthered my concerns that there is no plan. AC Milan feels like it might be a turning point just as a matter of confidence and, and, a, and a psychological thing for Atletico. But at the same time, those worries those worries remain because it was only when AC Milan went down to 10 men and Atletico were fighting for their lives that they actually responded so uh yeah my concerns about atletico's lack of clarity remain and um, and i yeah like i watched the, i didn't actually see the full benfica game but barcelona are in serious serious trouble i think and i mean th- this could be another game at the right time for uh atletico um uh, to, to to boost them psychologically because barcelona have always been a team that they just struggle to kind of get results uh, against the fact that they didn't sack koeman so or, well it doesn't seem like they're going to before the game so they don't even get the new manager vibe bounce whatever you want to call it uh, so yeah I, I like barcelona are in serious serious trouble
0: yeah, listen, I, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, I did just want to say, <laughs> I, I pulled up Atletico Madrid matches. Can you tell me off the top of your head since the start of August, how many Atletico Madrid matches have featured a red card?
1: A red card? Uh, for Atletico or for the other team? Either team. Okay, okay. Well, Getafe, there was one, 100%. Um, who else was sent off? Yo, Felix was sent off the other day. Uh, the uh, the AC Milan game, yes. Celta Vigo, there was a red card at the end of that. Elche, I don't think so. Villarreal, I can't remember. I would say out of how many games have they played Eight. Uh,
0: yeah, eight. Eight.
1: I would say five.
0: Actually, I so that's ten including friendlies. Looks like uh six, six matches. Which is just, yeah. I, I that's just funny. I just, I, I never pull up a, a schedule like this and see that many red icons.
1: But if you, but if you actually look at look at Atletico's record, and this is another kind of thing that there's a little bit of this seeping into Atletico's um, performances and and their their attitude is a lot of the yellows that they get are for complaining and fighting and arguing with the ref and kind of things like that. Like Joe Felix was sent off for pointing to his head and saying are you crazy ref are you crazy and he got a second yellow for that there was another red for a fight at the end of the game at one point um yeah it's it's kind of it's not really great they've got a lot of yellow cards for complaining to the ref this season I think it's like 10 or
0: 11. I mean like you mentioned kind of scraping by I hadn't looked at the goal differential stats they've only scored nine goals this year which I you know I'm, I'm telling you you know this which is just I mean that's like that's almost that might be near bottom half of the table for goals goals scored this year um that's yeah, crazy. But if you
1: if you dig a little bit deeper if you look at the amount of times they've gone behind this season really they went behind to uh, they lost to alavés went behind to ac milan were losing to Villarreal. real last second uh collapse from Villarreal, real got them a point there uh celta i think that was they went it was one all uh Espanol, they were losing until the 198th minute or something, 94th minute. Elche, I don't think they were behind Elche, but like in, in most of these games, they've gone behind. They went behind, yeah, to, to, to Getafe, the worst team in the league, like. And yeah, I don't, I, I, like you said they're clear favourites. I don't know, Josh, uh, you're a... Uh, I think you're, you're a little bit overly optimistic on, on the Atletico Madrid front.
0: And hearing you say that they've gone behind, it does make me kind of think back to what you were talking about earlier, to where they're trying to figure out what it looks like to become a more attacking team. And I guess they're leaving themselves a little bit exposed early on.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's definitely true. That's from what I've seen anyway this season, yeah.
0: All right, uh, let's just do a couple of minutes on this weekend's match. So Barcelona are traveling to Atletico Madrid. Uh, this is a battle of the fourth and sixth Uh, teams in La Liga. Barcelona have a match in hand, of course. Um, Barcelona are going to be slightly healthier this weekend, Uh, although I still... That health obviously didn't help them that much against Benfica. Is there a... And I love asking people this, especially in the last 12 months. Is there a player in Barcelona that scares you at all?
1: Well, um, I I wasn't sure what you wanted to talk about today, and I was just kind of thinking about what, what we might discuss and things, but I think this team is it's kind of funny, and they're, they're well funny, not really funny at all. It's tragic in a way, but the the if this team is built for Frankie Dion to and he's been excellent for the last two seasons, and I think he's gonna take and, and I think he's got the personality to do it, but he 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 is he will be the leader of this team, I think, for the next maybe ten years. He's just incredible, and without him, I think they they become um they they they're, they're not as uh, multi dimensional. They 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 lose that kind of speed that they have of thought. He he uh, they they miss out on his runs and uh, into the box, and he's just he just does everything for them now. And he could probably do it having a more defined role and a set role and defined role. Um, on a better team, but but I think I think he is the the key player for them uh, uh, this season, or uh, on Saturday, and, and for the rest of the season, and for the for the rest of the decade.
0: Yeah, I mean, then the problem with him too is like he's so much better than what's around him right now that it's kind of glaring. He like it almost looks like sometimes he's in spots and in different situations where he looks around him. And he's just either a step or two ahead, or he's thinking about something else, yeah. and everyone else is just kind of doing something different. And yeah. uh that gap in talent and poise right now is just pretty glaring.
1: Yeah, and then it's, it's it's a pity we didn't get to see him at his best with Messi because that would have really been a sight to behold. But yeah, like like I I mean I know it's been said and I know, but but Barcelona are in serious serious trouble. Like uh, like I. I I don't know if you've read Simon Cooper's book The Barcelona Complex, but uh, I I read it the other day, and uh, he and and it's not really all massively revealing. It's some really good anecdotes, insight into what they're trying to do at La Masia and 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 things like that. And but he went on a podcast here in Ireland, um, the Second Captains, it's called, and and he, he they were asking him basically, how do you see Barcelona going? And I don't know if you're familiar with the Premier League but uh, or uh, historically, but he said he could see Barcelona going maybe somewhere between Leeds United and Man United. Leeds United were in the championship for like six years, like a number of years. They completely collapsed. And what we're seeing right now is like on what we saw, like that Benfica game, uh, and I was like, and it wasn't like before in the past. Regardless, nearly of who was playing, you had to have a perfect game to beat Barcelona. Everything had to go your way, and you had to be perfect, or else you didn't even have a chance of getting a point. This Benfica weren't even that good. Like they weren't even like, oh my god, yeah, they had the night of their lives. They were. Like they were, they were there for the taking, and I think as well as the salary. And I know I don't mean to depress you here, Josh. Sorry, I don't. I don't but but with the salary drop, and I'm just wondering, like, what's 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 going to happen here? And it is kind of scary, like, to think about that. From from as a fan of La Liga, and speaking to your fans who, or your listeners, who I'm sure are mostly Barcelona fans, but like. Yeah, it's 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 deeply worrying as to what the future holds for Barcelona.
0: Yeah, I mean you know, I guess the the more common just maybe who isn't a specific fan of any team in La Liga would think that maybe teams like Atletico or Real are, you know, not dancing on Barcelona's grave, but it's bad business for everybody when Barcelona are this bad. Uh and when you don't have the trio in La Liga all succeeding. Like it's just it's not good for anybody because Atletico are probably the best shot La Liga has at getting a Champions League semi finalist this year. Uh, Real Madrid, mm. I mean, we, we saw this week. Real Madrid don't look up to form in Europe. Uh, granted, that was a obviously a crazy upset, and Real are probably going to get out of the group and be fine. But uh, point notwithstanding, like Barcelona's downward spiral and uh, that future, the the future is murky and probably more disconcerting than we would all. I. Because I guess it's hard to imagine a future that is more uh, worrisome than losing Lionel Messi because you literally can't afford him. Uh, then, you know, spending all this money on Coutinho, Dembele, Griezmann, losing Griezmann for nothing, Dembele and Coutinho are worth nothing. And all of this bad business piling up, like you're looking, you're trying to focus on the positives of Fati and Pedri, but and uh, De Jong, like you mentioned, but it's hard to when you look at the future financially, managerially and you're just like there's not really a positive to look forward to so you kind of have to focus yeah. on i just hope these young guys stay long enough for us to be successful and don't decide to leave
1: yeah yeah and and and, and that's the other thing about at what point do the, do the do the unforeseen consequence kick in like at what point do managers just stop wanting to manage barcelona like it, like what you're left with is that point managers. has passed
0: like that's yeah. Roberto Martinez is the guy we're looking at right now, who is basically Ronald Koeman two point failed at Everton, uh, now manages a national team where he's he's been like a competent manager, but he's managing Belgium, so I don't know what people expect. And I'm just like, even yeah. if even if he was crazy enough to want to come to Barcelona, like is this where we're at at this point? And it's it's yeah, yeah it is.
1: And 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 the other name I heard mentioned was Andrea Pirlo, who got the Juventus job by a technicality almost. And what, what you're left with is managers, with all due respect to them, our managers are managers just desperate to manage Barcelona. Like Kike Setien, I love Setien. I think he's great and and and, and he's a, I love his style of football. But he was a manager, the players had all the power. But yeah, like it's it's more worrying and it's worrying for the Liga, yeah. But it's yes, yeah, it's, it's worrying for the traditionally big clubs, like I'd say. Because like um is is it possible for a team to be run well and to be, as to compete against the likes of PSG and Man City, like because Barcelona, the reason they've gone fallen into ruin is because they've been trying to keep up with these teams instead of just accepting. And now I understand that Messi complicates it you because you're just trying to get the best and get the most out of him while you have him. But like uh, the reason they're in ruin is because they couldn't, they just could not accept. Uh, uh, the, uh, the process of rebuilding this rebuilding has been necessary for uh, not a decade obviously but like five years this rebuilding has been and they're kicking the can down the road and all of a sudden uh yeah look you're probably going to finish 10th this year and not play, like you know and it's like okay maybe we should have just rebuilt, uh, rebuilt when, and rebuild when and 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 did it properly instead of kicking the can down the road trying to keep up when it was quite obvious that we need a rebuild so I just yeah it's worrying from that respect like is it possible to keep up with these teams or are are the new um the new football powers here to stay and are they just going to make football uncompetitive for everyone
0: yeah I mean I won't say it started with this but it definitely kicked into overdrive is when they spent the Neymar money immediately instead of sitting on it like that's when that's when things really kicked into overdrive to lead us to where we are today so uh let's get a off the cuff mm-hmm. prediction from you what's going to happen this weekend and um,
1: yeah I, I, I don't really like making predictions but I'm okay gonna well then you'll have to make a prediction and, i'll and, go and ahead and I, do I, it
0: Atletico thought are we gonna win there, there you go there, there, there's my prediction
1: <laughs> I, i'm gonna say atletico 3-1 there
0: you go all right hey if if we score a goal that's better than we did this week so you know.
1: <laughs> i was thinking 3-0 and i was like ah oh, surely barcelona will score but I, I i'm not i'm not uh i'm not uh, crossing my fingers on that one yeah i'm not well, holding my breath. based one.
0: off of how atletico have started games maybe we can get an early goal make you know we can feel good for 45 minutes and then you can bring joe felix on if he doesn't start and things can go things can go to ruin for us so yeah, robbie yeah. thank you for joining us what's the name of the into the Cauldron podcast?
1: Yeah, yeah, we're we're called Colchonero Chat and we do podcasts after every game and, and uh yeah you can catch myself and Jeremy Barren, a friend of mine, um on on that pod.
0: Yeah. Awesome, awesome. All right, Robbie. Well thank you for joining us and enjoy the match this weekend.
1: <laughs> you too, Josh, if you can. <laughs>